Welcome to season two of the PigX podcast. It's been over a year since we launched this podcast, so we've got a few reasons to celebrate today. But in our very first episode of season two, we'll be talking to Dr. Caleb Scholl, who's the director of research and development for the Mashoffs. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Mashoffs, they are a family-owned commercial farm that raises 4 million hogs a year to feed 15 million people. But before we get into our conversation with Caleb, let's hear a little bit more about his background and what he's been up to with the Mashoffs. I grew up uh, in Southeast Illinois on a swine and grain farm, so got a passion for pigs at a young age. And I went to the University of Illinois and started pre-vet, switched to ag economics or, or ag finance for my bachelor's degree and came in contact with Dr. Mike Ellis which put me in contact with Mashoffs and introduced me to their graduate program. And so I, I did a master's in animal science with Dr. Mike Ellis and then stayed on for a PhD program and now have been with the Mashoffs for eight years and am now the director of, of research and development for them. And so my primary responsibility is to work with really smart people within our organization to, to prioritize and design studies and, and execute the research for the Mashoffs program. And we really focused on applied R&D that we can actually implement within our business and, and generate a return. The swine industry isn't just about animal science, especially for those whose roles are similar to Caleb's. He gets to combine economics with animal science every day to succeed in his role as the director of research and development. But this can also be very challenging as they are two completely different realms. So let's hear a little bit more about how Caleb handles that struggle and the research that he conducts. This uh, role really did intrigue me. And my master's program actually involved putting economics against some of the floor space work that I was doing. So that really just carried into my career now. Obviously, research at a commercial swine production system like the Mashoffs is, is not a not-for-profit. We have to always keep in mind profit when we're designing studies and what kind of return we can get on a technology. So um, that's not always easy to, to know before you do the trial, but that's also why you do the, the work to make sure you have a, a really good understanding of what the value proposition is so that when you do move forward with implementation, you're not adding cost to your production system because margins are so tight in, in commodity pork production and you can't afford to, to make many mistakes. Well, margins, I'm sure as we all know, are definitely something that those in the swine industry need to be paying attention to pretty much daily. But thankfully, we aren't seeing as tight of margins right now considering where commodity prices are currently standing. But when we look into margins as they pertain to mortality rates, how do the two connect? Caleb tells us more about those margins coming into play, particularly within the mortality research that he's done. We're certainly in an uptick in the market right now, so it's nice to see black ink on the, the profit loss statement than, than the red ink that we've seen the last couple of years. But mortality is, is an area of, of focus for our R&D program because there's so much opportunity out there. I think as an industry, we've, we've increased productivity of our sow base and our number of pigs born per sow has increased and continued to increase, but that's left us with more, more low birth weight pigs, more 
mortality across the system in in sows and piglets and in the growing pig. We've really tried to make an effort to to increase uh, survival across the board. It's not an easy area, but certainly in terms of if you look at the the economics of our production system, throughput is a big driver of, of profitability. So the more pigs we can get pushed through the system and keep alive throughout our growing period, um, the more profit we're going to have at the end. I can dive into individual uh, MEVs around each segment of our production system, but there's there's significant opportunity across the production system from sows to piglets to, to growing pigs to, to invest in an R&D. Not only has Caleb spent a lot of time researching this area, he's also done quite a few presentations about those opportunities specific to a producer's operation. One of the presentations he's put together was titled The Impact of Pig Mortality on U.S. Producers. And of course, the Pig X podcast is dedicated to educating producers on trends in the industry and how they can improve their operations. So this is a great discussion to have on the show. That being said, let's walk it back over to Caleb here so we can dive into this presentation a little bit more and discuss some of the key components. Obviously, started with a request for me to, to summarize this information. Obviously, I spent a lot of time working on understanding the economics of production metrics and mortality is a key one for us. Obviously, as you look at the sow, um, there, there's multiple ways to, to view economics of mortality. And, and we like to take an opportunity cost approach at the mash offs because I feel at least that it gives you the, the truest impact of, of what that dead sow or, or piglet or pig cost you. And just to explain the opportunity cost, rather than just measuring the, the cost that you have in that sow or that piglet or the growing pig. So for a pig, growing pig, for example, if you just look at the, the true cost, you've got the the cost of purchasing that wean pig or the, the cost of the sow to produce that wean pig. And then you got the feed that, that you fed that pig up to the point that it died. And that cost is typically going to be quite a bit less than the profit that you gave up. So we like to actually look at it from the opposite viewpoint and look at what you would have made if you got that pig got to a grade A uh, pig at harvest and then subtract off the costs that you didn't incur because that pig died at an earlier age. So things like feed savings, potential yardage savings, depending on when the pig um, died. And then obviously you're not going to transport that that pig if it dies. So you take the full value of the pig minus these savings because the pig died. And that gives you to a, an opportunity cost of, of that mortality, which again is usually higher than the, the true cost that you've incurred up to that point. All right. Did you just catch what Caleb said there? We're talking here about the opportunity cost and how that needs to get factored in when you're looking at overall economics in your swine operation. Just as a quick insert here. Caleb shared some of these statistics with me outside of the recording. But in 2019, the U.S. economic impact of opportunity costs throughout all phases of the swine industry totaled some $2.8 billion. So yes, this definitely plays a role in today's discussion. So when you're talking about mortality of, of a growing pig, if you do have to lose pigs or have mortality in your system, Early pig mortality is, is going to be less costly than late pig mortality. The last thing you want to do is lose a pig right before harvest because you've already invested in all the feed to get that pig to, to market weight. 
and then you don't have any feed savings. So it's it's mainly just the, the true value of that pig at harvest is what you're giving up. If you're talking about piglets on the sow, we, again, like to take an opportunity cost approach that, that what is that pig worth in, in the open market or in, in the marketplace? So, again, that varies from, from season to season and year to year. But say if, if we're looking at a $40 wean pig, you have to subtract off the cost that that you are saving. So like piglet cost, if it's a, a medication or, or a feed cost of the sow to get that piglet up to, to weaning would be the cost that you would subtract off of that $40 wean pig. Sow is a little bit more complicated, but obviously you've got the coal sow value that you're giving up, but then you got productivity opportunity that, that you're giving up as well. Um, because if that most of your mortality is going to happen in and around farrowing. So if your your mortality occurs just before that sow farrowed a litter, obviously you've tied that gestation space up for 115 days. And that has a big cost uh, in terms of non-productive days that you didn't get any piglets out of that that gestation space. So that's another uh, opportunity cost that, that we need to include in, in the cost of the mortality. Now, as we start to dive here into some of the numbers behind this research, there are quite a few ones here that reflect opportunity costs and their relationship in mortality rates. Sounds like a tricky process, but Caleb's going to dive into those a little bit further here. I think I started with piglets in that presentation, so we'll start there. I'm not terribly up on on pig markets today, so I can't give you a, a precise cost of, of the wean pig or wean pig price, but say it's well above the $35 wean pig value that I had in this presentation. So if you've got an example I used in that presentation was a dollar per pig and wean cost and labor and health that, that you would incur, but from the time that pig was born to the time it weaned, so you subtract that, that cost off. And then that gives you roughly $34. And then if you just convert that times times 0.01, that gets you to $0.34 cents a wean pig if you start with the $35 wean pig value. Obviously, today, you're probably looking closer to $50 to $60 a, a wean pig. So that is pretty simple math that you can use to get down to the cost per uh, pre-wean mortality, for example. If you're looking at the growing pig, Obviously, markets are quite a bit higher than the $150 value that I use in there. But again, it's using some simple math. You just look at the, the full value of a market pig. So if you're looking at, I think, the May futures prices today or, or earlier this morning were $110. So that equates to, if you use a 210-pound carcass, a $231 pig value. So uh, we've added $80 plus pig value from, from the original presentation I put together last summer. So you, you t- calculate that pig value and then you just subtract off the feed cost savings. If you're talking about a, a midpoint mortality, you're probably talking around $50 of, of feed cost savings. Obviously, feed costs have inflated as well. Whereas today, if you're talking about the cost of feed a pig, it's probably going to be north of $80 in feed costs, whereas that was closer to to $60 not that long ago. So we've inflated the feed cost as well. But you, you start with that pig value today. If it's 230, you subtract off the, the feed savings, you subtract off the, the transport savings. If you're talking about a market hog transport, that's typically around $5 a pig, depending on when the pig died, if you can recoup the yardage. So if you can replace or, or 
if it's prior to the, the finishing period, if it's in the nursery, you can potentially adjust stocking to account for mortality that occurred in the nursery. So maybe you don't have any any yardage costs, but if it happens in finishing, obviously you're losing a pig space that, that could have been occupied by a living pig. So you need to account for some yardage. If you're talking about 50 50 percent recoup, that's that can be roughly depending on the number of days that you're talking, but six to ten dollars a pig. And then obviously any health savings. I, I think I used a dollar a pig savings. So total net mortality costs or savings that, that you're going to avoid because that pig died. And the example I used was around $67 a pig of savings you avoided because the pig died. If you were looking today, probably is a little bit higher because of the feed costs. But then you just subtract off those cost savings from the, the full value of the pig at harvest. So today, I mean, if you're even if you that number jumps to seventy, eighty dollars of of savings because the pig died and, and feed and and transport and yardage, you're still looking one hundred thirty minus seventy and sixty dollars of, of mortality cost. Convert that to a one percent, and you're at at a buck sixty a, a pig. So big big economics associated with, with mortality when you have market prices at the levels they're at right now. As Caleb was just saying there, mortality rates don't just economically impact the operation, it impacts the entire U.S. market. So let's talk through some of those specifics and see just how mortality really affects the economics behind the swine industry. You're talking about piglets. We lose over 20% of piglets that are born as an industry. If you look at just Kind of U.S. averages, and it's tough to get really good data on this, but I'd say the growing pig is somewhere between 8 to 10 percent, probably 8 to 12 percent would catch it in terms of the U.S. average. If we're talking about sow mortality, conservatively 12 percent, but I'd say that U.S. averages has climbed above that now. So if you add up the, the total losses, we're, we're pushing over 40 percent mortality across the board on an annualized basis, which is a staggering number. Obviously, we're not losing. I mean, if you just add up the piglets and growing pigs, you can't add in the sow mortality. So, but we're losing close to 30% of the, the growing pigs or the piglets from the time they're born to the time that they're, they're harvested. So that's a staggering number. If you use conservative values on each of those, you're, you're at roughly for 450 to $500 a sow. And, and like I said, today, that's, that's, quite a bit higher given the market prices that we're at. So you times that times the number of sales we have in the industry and it's it's staggering the the total losses. I think I estimated year over year, I think in 2019 we were at close to $2.9 billion of total economic impact from piglet mortality, growing pig mortality and sound mortality. So it's it's a, a big big loss and a big opportunity for the industry to really dial in opportunities to to reduce that mortality. High mortality rates are numbers that the swine industry as a whole has been dealing with for years and years. Despite the efforts made to decrease mortality and improvements to the industry-wide practices, we haven't seen much of a difference as far as numbers go. But there are other things that we can do, and that's part of the research that Caleb has done to see why are numbers so high when it comes to opportunity costs and mortality. 
It's a really good question, and I don't have a really good answer for you other than it's, it's complicated. I think part of the problem is when you when we're talking about mortality, it's it's not a population based metric. It's an individual pig metric. And there's a reason that that individual pig died. And then oftentimes we don't have a great understanding of, of why that individual pig died. We can make generalized assumptions. But so that's one of the, the reasons I think is is just a lack of understanding of, of cause of death. And, and when you talk about maybe you understand cause of death, but what was the root cause of death is even more complicated because oftentimes a pig may die of pneumonia, but that may not have been what caused that, that thing to, to get a respiratory disease or because a lot of these pathogens are, are naturally there in the environment. So understanding root cause is, is complicated. It's multifactorial. So there's lots of, of things in play that make it difficult to, to understand and difficult to, to improve. And I think another reason that it's, it's difficult is a big piece of, of mortality uh, is closely tied to the people that that take care of the pigs and the ability of those people to recognize when a pig is is falling behind and treat that pig proactively and and so you have different and varying levels of ability across your labor pool to to be able to recognize those and and in some cases don't have the people enough people per pig numbers to to do a adequate job so those are just a couple of reasons why it's it's difficult to make sustained improvement, or at least has been up to this point. Now, as Caleb has been chatting with us today about his research, research design is a vital part of finding solutions to improving swine mortality. So let's have Caleb talk a little bit more about his presentation and how he's designed some of this research to target specifically that. More importantly, what are some things that producers should be paying attention to or doing on their own operation to conduct mortality research. I think it's a big need within the industry. Um, it's mortality research studies are are different though than our traditional study design. If we're talking about a traditional growth performance evaluation, you can get by with ten to fifteen to twenty pins per treatment, and it's fairly simple and replicate those types of studies pretty quick and gain confidence in, in a growth performance response. If you're talking about mortality, again, it's an individual pig syndrome. So if, if you're just talking about the number of experimental units needed to detect differences, oftentimes that, that means you need a lot more pigs. And it's it's also very situations uh, dependent. So you need not just lots of pigs, but you need multiple scenarios, multiple different groups of pigs to, to gain confidence uh, in a mortality outcome or a technology that's aimed at improving mortality. Just some, some rough rule of, of thumbs. A 1% mortality difference requires just over 2,500 pigs per treatment. If you just are using kind of some simple chi-square based power test calculations, a, a half percent mortality would require closer to, to 10,000 pigs per treatment. So that, that's quite a few pigs, and most people don't have facilities set up to, to really answer or do trials that involve that numbers of pigs. So oftentimes you're looking at field-type evaluations where you're looking at group-to-group or barn-to-barn comparisons. The more you control some of the variation, the better off you're going to be. So 
placing pigs with the same flow, same age, same everything, and, and barns right next to each other is a good strategy if you can pull it off. But still, it requires a significant number of barns to, to replicate that and, and have confidence in the outcome. As we get here towards the end of today's episode, it's obvious. Improving mortality is a challenging, challenging thing to do for the industry and isn't something that we can change overnight. We've been working as an industry to fix this issue for some time now, and as we discussed earlier in today's episode, we haven't seen as drastic of a change as we'd like to when it comes to mortality rates. But when we talk about things that producers can control to increase efforts, Caleb, share with us a little bit more about how to improve mortality on a producer's operation. That's a, another good question. I think a lot of focus has, has been on some of the epidemic disease. If we're talking from a health standpoint, epidemic disease is going to occur and we need to continue to, to keep a focus on that. But we need to also manage the things that we can control in some cases. And so making sure we're keeping the endemic bugs in, in check and maybe a better approach in some cases if we can't control our destiny from an epidemic disease standpoint. And when I say epidemic disease, I mean like the PERSs, the PEDs, diseases that aren't in our populations routinely. In some cases, maybe it makes sense to run PERS vaccinated positive, but most systems are going to try to eliminate the virus, at least treating those endemic bugs that are that are there constantly there and understanding what's which bugs are there are is something that we can, I think, get better at from a health standpoint, but also from an environmental standpoint, making sure that our pigs have the right requirements from a temperature, from a draft-free uh, environment, making sure that our pigs have the right nutrients to survive and withstand some of those challenges, and just making sure that that we're providing the right level of care to the, the pigs. So I think technology is, is one area that, that can help on the, the labor side, because we have this uh, glaring need within the industry to get more skilled people closer to the pigs to, to be able to identify problems. But that's been a struggle. So technology is a, an area that I think can help us, that we can use technology to understand what's going on in the barn and, and be our eyes and ears in the barn. The more uh, tools that we can develop for our people to understand where they need to be and then when. And I think just helping our production teams prioritize which barns to go go visit, where to spend their time is, is a big opportunity and, and some low-hanging fruit that we can do. And the technology is more or less already there. It's just we got to adopt it and adopt it in our industry. And lastly, as you know, folks, we like to send some take-home messages from our guests back to the operation with you. So let's circle back around one more time here to have Caleb digest all this information we've talked about and give us a few take-home messages. I don't know if it's a take-home message as much as it is just a challenge to everyone listening that, that we can't continue to live where we're living from a mortality standpoint. We as an industry need to step up our game be proactive and trying to, to identify ways to improve survival, improve the environment that these pigs are raised in and improve the, the health that they're experiencing. So it is going to require continued collaboration. There's no one system that's going to be able to get this done by themselves. I think we, we've got to figure out creative ways to work together. Um, in some cases, that may be production systems working with with outside companies that may have a different specialty and, and offer uh, skills and talents that that production systems don't have. 
It may mean working with academic professionals that, that have resources that, that complement what commercial production systems would have. But we've got to look holistically and, and get creative around how we create and find the, the right resources to solve these problems. Well, folks, that challenge from Caleb won't be an easy one, but we hope it's at least given you a few things to think about today. We hope that by having conversations like these, producers can start to formulate their own improvements to increasing pig survivability. So until next time, make sure to catch up on any of our previous episodes of the PigX podcast on Google Play, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Delaney Howell, and this has been the PigX Podcast. PigX is a national podcast hosted by the Pig Livability Project partners at Iowa State University, Kansas State University, and Purdue, and supported by the Iowa Pork Industry Center. For more information on the project, head to www.piglivability.org or to inquire directly with questions regarding the project, email ipic at iastate.edu. Pig X, ideas in the swine industry worth sharing.